Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Mira, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Toddcast Show. Today, we're joined with someone very unique and quite special in my opinion. His name is Bob Lament, and he comes from a place called Host of Static Radio, and he's got an interesting bunch of neat stuff to share today. How you doing, Bob? I'm good, yeah. Uh, the school district said I was special, so I've been labeled that for life. So Okay, good. And exactly how many uh, meters, or do they measure it in feet or miles, that you have to be <laughs> far away from the school? Oh, how, yeah, what's the, what's the, <laughs> the distance? Uh, yeah. These days... Uh, uh, it's okay that that okay, good, lapsed, good, good. but uh, back in the day, actually not too not too long ago, there was a 500 foot rule. But that's okay, okay. good, perfect. At least we know then, our, uh, our yeah. it's good to know our limits in life, you know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, and I'm kidding. Yes, Bob does not have any sort of restrictions being near schools, <laughs> just so you know. But he is an interesting guy that's got some very unique things to talk about today, and I'm looking forward to exploring. Uh, where are you calling from, first of all, Bob? Uh, St. Louis. Caller from St. Louis, Missouri. Go ahead. Yeah. Good Lord, really, St. Louis. St. Louis. What yeah. part? Uh, what part of St. Louis, or, or where? Yeah, is St. yeah. Because I know that certain parts of St. Louis you can come in and out of. Uh, others you go in and you never leave. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> East St. Louis, right? Yeah. Oddly enough, I am probably closer to East St. Louis than uh, than most people would care to be. But no, I actually am on the Illinois side. Wow, uh, of St. Louis, but not in East St. Louis, as it were. But yeah, okay, that's cool. Although yeah. I, I will tell you, that's a misnomer. Most people uh, end up in East St. Louis, but don't start out that way. Really? Yeah, they they start in other parts of St. Louis and end up in East St. Louis. That's crazy, man. And yeah. it's really not as bad as I thought it was, huh? 
Uh, typically, no, not really. But it, although uh, currently we are, I think, uh, per capita, the murder capital of the United States at the moment. But uh, Oh, Bob, I think I just figured it out, man. You're yeah. just a better shot than all the others. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better driver, maybe. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's crazy, man. So do you like living there? Oh, yeah. I've lived here for a long time. It's 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 no big thing. It's, yeah. uh, you know, those statistics and everything obviously are uh, great for the news and great for people to watch. But in reality, there's, you know, I mean, I don't live there in that part, so it's not so bad. That's cool, man. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, I guess every yeah. place has its bad parts. It's just, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, we always think the grass is greener on the other side. It's just as fucked up over there as it is here. <laughs> it, you got it. It's right, that's right. Yeah. That's for sure, man. And where were you born, Bob? I was born in Decatur, Illinois, which is about two hours north of uh, St. Louis. And uh, it is known as uh, uh, the supermarket to the world because Archer Daniels Midland is headquarters oh, yeah? in Decatur, Illinois. If you wow, know, if anybody yeah. knows who Archer Daniels uh, is. Do you know who I think about when I hear that name? It's ADM for short, right? Right, ADM is the abbreviation. Yeah. They make a product that is an artificial meat substitute, and <laughs> yeah. it is the bomb, dude. Yeah, it's like yeah. real. It looks like a real hamburger. It tastes like a real hamburger, and I think it's textured vegetable protein. But right, it it's soybeans. ADM, yeah, good yeah. product, man. Good product. Yeah, so uh, Archer Daniels <laughs> is a huge uh, thing in Decatur, and. Uh, and I grew up uh, within view of Archer Daniels. Uh, That's big cool, man. Do they pass out samples to the neighborhood? Or like, oh, I don't think you... At, at the point that it's at, when it, they have it in that place, you don't want it until it gets to the shelf, I think. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't want to rummage through their trash. No, uh, no. It stinks. <laughs> and then, did you have both parents growing up? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I had the... You know, in uh, growing up uh, in the late 70s and 80s, um, you know, I was one of the lucky ones to still have both parents. Most people, I don't know how old you are, Todd, or what era you grew up in. So, okay, so very similar. Um, so a lot of kids didn't have both parents. I mean, that was the norm, was to have a divorce uh, in your household. Uh, and pretty much all of my relatives were divorced except for my parents, which was kind of interesting. But uh, Wow, are they still yeah. together? Uh, well, my father passed away not uh, about a year ago, but yeah, so I mean, they were until then, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, man. That's uh, no, okay. that's a beautiful thing though, that you got to have that experience of both parents. That's oh really yeah, cool. it was great. I, I, at the time you don't realize it. It's, it's obviously when you get older, you yeah. reflect upon it and you're like, oh, geez, you know, I'm one of the few who, uh, had that experience. You know, a lot yeah. of my friends were, uh, you know. Uh, children of divorce and then their mom had to go to work and my mom didn't go to work until I was just about out of high school so um, you know it was kind of nice yeah which sounds That's weird cool. it sounds kind of no weird. no no it's cool <laughs> it's really cool man and what about siblings did you have siblings I, I've got a brother and, and I mean, he may listen to this I don't know um, but well uh, I would yeah, hope so <laughs> <laughs> he may uh, he pops in and out every once in a while but uh, yeah, I've got a brother uh, who's older than I am, and uh, uh, by how much? You know, uh, five years. Well, four. It's sometimes five, sometimes four. It's like a half a year, so probably about four and a half years, I guess. Right on, man. That's cool. Yeah. Um, going way back, uh, what's the earliest memory that you have from your childhood? 
I'm glad you asked this question, and I'm not saying that to be you know patronizing. I have a memory. So when I was a kid, I, this is of a this is the good old days. This is always your memory is always uh, you know beautifies everything that you ever right. experience. Hopefully, yeah. if if it doesn't, then you're not living right. Uh, or it turns into trauma. And, yeah, know. that's right. You got to switch it. You got to flip that switch. So uh, when I was growing up, my grandfather owned a property. Uh, on Lake Decatur, and he had uh, what was called a landing, which meant that people would house their boats there and launch their boats. And, and like in a the dock. summertime, yeah, it was it was in the summertime. It was a happening kind of place. Mm-hmm. And I can remember being three years old and going fishing uh, on my grandfather's property there uh, because I actually lived there when I was a kid. And I mean, that was a great. It's a great memory. And I, the thing was. I remember doing this all by myself at three years old, which probably isn't the great part. But uh, I remember fishing off of uh, off of the uh, boat launch. And that's one of my first uh, my, my first memories. Uh, who were you with? Nope, I can't remember who I was with. I'm sure I was with somebody who was close by, but it was just I just in my memory, it's just me sitting on the boat dock. So I, well, the question three, is three years old. You know, you can't. Really Bob, do we're, that, we're going to find out really who you really are here. Did you catch any fish that day? No, I did not. <laughs> it was it was a uh, literally uh, from from my memory. Again, this could be a false memory. I have no idea, but uh, it was a stick and a string and a bent pen that I think my grandfather fashioned for me, uh, and I was sitting there with it in the water, and that was pretty much. What I can That's recall, cool, man. So. Did you do a lot of stuff like that with your grandfather? Oh yeah, yeah. My grandpa was fantastic. Uh, he uh, he retired not long after that. Uh, well, actually, that ties into Archer Daniels, which we just talked about. Uh, so uh, the, the, as, this isn't going to get political, but it, no, it gets fine. a little bit political. So Thank his you. landing get, get took over by eminent domain by the city of Decatur, uh, oh. and uh, that was a sore subject. Anyway, he retired. And then Archer Daniels now owns it, which is oh. a whole other thing. But anyway, didn't, didn't see that coming. That that aside, that aside, mm-hmm. uh, no, he was a great guy. And um, after he retired, we used to, uh, I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, he golfed, and so I would tag along. And yeah. um, you know, he had a garden, and I would tag along with him to to do whatever he wanted to do. So you know, yeah. we, we were just kind of buddies. You know, I never ask about grandparents, but you're you're just making me want to. Um, where was Grandma in all this, and what was she was the there? I mean, we she was there too, and and uh, so one of the things that my grandpa loved to do was play cards, and so I played a lot of cards with both my grandparents, and uh, and so what would happen is, you know, we'd go, you know, fart around in the garden for a while, and then come inside and have lunch or whatever, and then we'd play cards, and cool. and that was uh, that was. Uh, a little kid that's probably you know eight years old i did a lot of that yeah Yeah. were you a good kid uh i was a pretty good kid i was very sickly uh sick kid a a lot and uh and that's one of the reasons i was with my grandparents a little more uh maybe than normal was because i would be sick and then if my mom had to do something then i got i got dropped off so yeah but uh yeah, I think all in all, I was good just because I was sick uh, until I got into junior high uh, quite a bit. Um, 
And so, you know, when you're sick, you just don't get in trouble because you don't feel like it. So yeah, you're already in trouble, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're already in trouble. <laughs> well, I was asthma and stuff, so I had trouble with that. But uh, it wasn't like I had cancer or anything. So right, right. And how old are you, Bob? Uh, I'm 56 now. 56. Oh, okay. So we are really close in age. I was just yeah. trying to, you know, wanted to get to 70s. You mentioned, like for me, I was right. born in 71, yeah. so we're really close there. You had a few extra years of the good times and the sick right, that's right. Yeah. Well, I don't. That's the part I, I, I. That's the early part where I probably don't remember until seventy, right. but that'll be three or four years. Yeah, you so, were yeah. too young to go to Woodstock in the womb. Right. right yeah. Well, yeah. Probably didn't. I don't think my mom would have took me to Woodstock. Or right. Right. So. That's. I don't know if that's good or bad. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. That could have been the biggest disappointment of your life. You know? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I didn't yeah. go to the ninety Woodstock either. So. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't that care different. for that at all. It's just like, <laughs> ah, like going to an award show, dude. Like, yeah, show, I, I watched the, it was on MTV or something, I think. Yeah. And I watched a little bit of it. Uh, and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know, a lot of mud. Just enough to make you vomit. You know, it's like you're on that weight loss plan. Watch something like right. that. It, <laughs> right. it works. It really does. <laughs> um, so tell me, like uh, growing up as a child, what would you say? the greatest influences and how would you describe the influences of your parents and maybe your grandparents too, depending upon. Oh my God. You know. Heavy, heavy questions, Todd. Jeez. Yes, sir. That's the idea. So, um, uh, I would say, let's see. So sticking to my grandparents a little bit, I love game shows because my grandmother would watch game shows with me and Price we used to right. play, uh, well, we used to play password. Oh, and we would we would both sit behind the recliner. They had recliners, but they had matching recliners. My grandparents, okay, and uh, we would sit behind the recliners and put our fingers in their ears when they said the password, and then we would try to guess the word without looking at the television. And that was a big uh, memory wow. for me with my grandmother. That's she so would cool. yeah, she was a really game at um, you know doing doing that kind of stuff and and watching uh, the game shows with me in the right you on. Know, uh, old Alan Ludden password. Right on. Um, right on. Stuff, you ever watched but, the Gong Show back then? Oh God, yes, I love the Gong Show. Yeah. Gene Gene, the camera. Dancing Machine. Yeah, yeah I watched all hee-haw. all that stuff. Oh God, right Hee Haw was yeah big because <laughs> we're in the we're in the middle of the country, so you had to watch. Right, hee-haw. dude. I used I mean, to watch the Lawrence Welk Show with my grandparents. Yeah, so I understand the love of your grandparents, bro. Yeah, well, yeah, they love to watch. They like to watch that. I wasn't so up on that, but I did watch some Hee Haw. Yeah, oh, they liked Lawrence Welk, dude. I'm telling you what, and it was right down the road from my house, Lawrence Welk Village, at one time. And I oh, really? Go. Yeah, in, yeah. It's in Southern that was in Kansas, wasn't it? No, there's one in Southern California. Oh, he was. Uh, by then he was there. I thought he started in Kansas. I don't know for Maybe sure, but born like, there. yeah, there's a place called Lawrence Welk Village, just north of San ah, Diego County. Get out there. Yeah. It, it might just be a takeoff or something for all I know, but I always thought, oh, you know, like, look, there it is. <laughs> I want the hand the tool. Uh, we're going to do the dancing. <laughs> we got exactly. the Lennon sisters. They're going to sing for you. Me. Man, did you have pets growing up? Oh, lots of pets. Yeah, always had a pet. I had. Uh, uh, when I was little, we always had chihuahuas because they did not um, affect my asthma. So uh, right. we had little chihuahuas, a couple of little chihuahuas when I was a kid, you know, and uh, one of them got stolen. Uh, literally, somebody somebody was driving. We let the dog out, you know, it run around. And somebody saw somebody stop and pick up the dog and take off with it. So that was kind Jesus. of sad. Dude, what kind yeah. of an asshole would steal your dog? Man? I don't know what they did. 
seriously. That was, yeah, that was one of those days. It's like, holy moly. Dude, um, yeah, I don't want to. A jerk like, steals a dog out of the yard. I don't oh, get God. it. Yeah, that's really sick, man. That's pretty twisted. I know. Man. Stealing Isn't somebody's brother, little brother or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, they do that too. But, like, yeah, there's some weird people out there, dude. Um, those little mm-hmm. talks, you know, uh, and by no means do I mean anything by this, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. And you can Google this to verify it. But do you know where the Chihuahua comes from? Are, do you, are you familiar with that story? The it's a, No, it's it's uh, it's somewhere from Mexico. I thought it was bred down in Mexico for some from reason. From what I, I understand, it, it's, it's a cross between a sewer rat and a Doberman Pinscher. No, get out of town. Google it, man. Yeah. No way. It sounds God. like that. Sounds. Let me get on Snopes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Check it out. And see one. if you find the same thing. This, but like when no, I heard I that, can I, believe it. I can. I believe thought that was it, pretty crazy, right? I don't but know about no the sewer rat. Oh yeah, wanna, great it makes dog. me want to go get a sewer rat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I want a sewer rat. I don't. If you can't handle a spider, right? Sewer I don't know if a sewer rat going to work so good. I agree. Totally. It might not be your thing. Right. And yeah. as a kid, you mentioned being sickly and stuff. I mean, did mm-hmm. that get in the way of all your social activities and stuff? Like, how did it work trying to, you know? Oh, no. Through? Yeah, it was horrible. It was a horrible. Uh, oh, I had a horrible young life in that situation. But uh, as far as that goes, because I, I uh, you know, couldn't always participate in everything. And so mm-hmm. I remember a lot of that as a kid. I mean, all this sounds terrible, but it really was not affecting uh, as I got older. But yeah, I mean, you. I couldn't go outside sometimes because of things, and couldn't participate in certain, you know, sports and stuff because of it. But uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I got along okay. It's not like right it on. was really detrimental. But did it change over time, or was it something that you still struggle with, or did it last? Um, I do uh, uh, from time to time. So now, uh, pretty much, it's not. It's a non-issue for the most part. Every once in a while. Um, I'll have, uh, phases, uh, if I get like, uh, I had a job where I, it was a lot of particulate in the air. And so then I had flare up and then had to take medication again. And, and right now though, I haven't really had to do that for probably about, I don't know, six or eight years. Uh, last time I can remember having any problems, but, Mm -hmm. um, it really just depends on, you know, uh, environment and some other stuff. So, I know, but totally. uh, typically I don't have much problems with it anymore. But. Good, good. Glad to hear yeah. that. That's good. Tomorrow and, I'll uh, be deathly ill and probably drop dead. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't, don't jinx it, man. Yeah, that's don't right. It's it. exactly. Yeah. And, and as you were growing, like, uh, were you always in the same area? Like, did you, as yeah, you were around? Yeah. Or? Okay. No, uh, I grew up, uh, like I said, at my grandparents' place until they had to sell it. And then my parents uh, had a house, and they still live there, or my mom still lives there. And so, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, same house for pretty much almost all of my life, uh, you know, growing up, but except for a few early years. So, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Do you do you think having a stable household really had a lot to do with shaping your character and life and things that relate to your values and stuff? Like, how did it play a role in that? Because oh my, yeah. Todd, you got all these hard questions, you know. The uh, this is like solid. This is like Barbara Walters kind of shit. Right yeah, here. exactly. The uh, is, um, but the um, yeah, I, I guess so. I <laughs> we'll mean, get to the fun never, stuff. Don't worry. Yeah, you never think about it when it's happening. To be honest with you, this is all <laughs> upon reflection. So, 
When exactly. I was younger and everything, I didn't think about any of this kind of stuff. I didn't yeah, care. of course not. But I don't want to know what you think of it now looking back. Yeah, um, I, probably so. I think it's been very good to um, have, a, a, had, having had a stable uh, home life and so forth, I think it's been pretty good to keep me out of, uh, uh, you know, harder edged uh, kind of behavior. <laughs> Uh, because it's so easy to fall into it. And at the time, growing up in that time period, it was really quite prevalent. So, you know, I have uh, relatives that have died from overdose and so forth. And so uh, because of, uh, of the availability uh, and just, you know, wanting of drugs and stuff. And I, I totally see why, um, you know, uh, people fall into that. I don't fault them at all. This is a, a problem that a lot of people face, but, uh, I didn't, uh, uh, go that route. And I, it, I don't know if it had so much to do with my upbringing as much as it had to do with, you know, just knowing somebody's there and they care about you and, you know, they don't want that for you, you know? And I think that helps a lot. So it's not so much the, uh, values that they had, uh, more that they were there. I mean, it's right. almost as simple as that. It's not like they they did anything special, um, that they were checking on me constantly or anything. It's just that they were there, and if I was in trouble, uh, they were there. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's cool, man. Good. That's nice to have those kind of memories. And was your brother and, kind of and similar? you and yeah? Well, oh, you, you want to know about me? Yeah. What about you? All right. Question again. So, did did you have a stable home life? First of all, I. I I can tell you this. Uh, my my father left when I was 18 months old, and uh, oh, okay. can't can't say I blame him. I heard the stories <laughs> uh, from a couple different Oops. sides, so like I can't I can't blame him. But uh, I was the third child. I'm the youngest, and uh -huh. my brothers are two. Uh, I have two brothers. One with the same father. He's seven years older, and then another one with a different father. He's seven years older than that. So there's mm. a span of 14 years between us. Okay. And as I was growing up, um, it depends on how you look at stability. I grew up with my mother, and mm -hmm. my brother was there until I was 11, until he stupidly knocked someone up in high school and had <laughs> right. to move. And that's when I was 11. So it was really sad. You know, my male role model disappeared, and I was suddenly the man of the house when I wasn't ready for the task. So I lived with my mom, and I had gotten in trouble quite a bit. I was... Uh, what you would call developmentally disabled, technically. Sure. But, okay. You know, it's like uh, which, what was the okay ADHD? I was ADHD wondering what, which one. to the max, dude. Like seriously, enough for me to want to pull out every time. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's just no way that I would want to create. I thought it, that like should that. have been advice for your brother, but go ahead. I'm telling. I, I had no idea, but like, yeah, I wish I could have told him. <laughs> um, but the reality is, you know, he ended up making a really beautiful daughter who's become very successful and all that and blah blah blah. Oh, good. And, until he went and met his now wife at a family reunion and then decided to marry his third cousin. That's a story I won't even continue. Oh, okay. But yeah. Either way, we don't talk anymore. We're estranged. So okay. I just... Well, so we got divorced or something or did that the original... No, no. Family divorced Never got married. Me. Yeah. Oh, my okay. brother got married. My oldest brother's gay. He was married to a man uh, mm -hmm. when it was first legal in San Francisco. And then um, he's been, you know, with whoever he's with now, I don't know for how long, but either okay. way, yeah, it was always like my brother and my middle brother was the one that provided an example of stability and wholesomeness and relationships with family and stuff. 
but he really right. wasn't willing to share it with me. So I felt kind of excluded, you know, and uh, living with my mom and then also kind of over the years losing really touch with my brother. Right. <laughs> it put me in a vulnerable spot and uh, we moved around three or four times, my mom and I, but she always provided meals. She always provided shelter. She provided love. She did everything to the best of her ability, I think, working with what she had to work with and I was the third so I'm sure she was sick of it by then but <laughs> yeah, you know it's like I, 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 no way I can't blame her I didn't ask for this okay though I didn't say <laughs> hey would you please go and meet my dad and make me please no, I didn't do that but either way you know you weren't so, the matchmaker in this situation yeah and, and the stability really fell out actually somewhere surrounding the time of my grandmother's death and my grandfather had died uh, about 15, 12, 14 years before she did. Mm -hmm. And I went down and stayed and lived with her and stuff. But like right around the time when she died, and I'm not going to get into the story, but it's an ugly one. <laughs> my family that was remaining and all the rest of them are dead. It's like I have my oh. two brothers and my mom. And all three of them, when my grandmother died, just suddenly cut off communication and disappeared. So, you know. Really? Yeah, really a weird, very tragic, you know, traumatic. I've been dealing with depression quite a bit because of it it's actually oh, one of the reasons God, i started this podcast just so you know oh, so okay i started this to help fight my own depression because i knew that i needed to engage with people more and i live in a very middle of the fucking nowhere place and <laughs> the mountains of arizona i'm literally oh, really? in the middle of darkness in the middle of nowhere in the middle of a are bunch you a of flagstaff where are you at uh, are you close here, to don't tell me exactly where you're at, but yeah. It's a place named, oh, it's okay. No, I don't mind that. It's Mayor, <laughs> Arizona, and it's a tiny little town in the very center of the state, and it's about 20 miles south of Prescott and about 60 miles south of Sedona and about 80 miles north of Phoenix, just for reference. Okay. Up in the hills, but I, I, I vaguely I know where that's at. I've been yeah. to Flagstaff. That's why I was uh, saying that. But yeah. yeah. So in answer to your question, I miss some of the lessons I feel that I should have gotten in the dynamics of a whole family, and I really am very regretful that that happened. But well, talking to me makes it even worse, I guess. No, <laughs> not at all. It's actually very <laughs> inspiring because it also <laughs> provides an example of the difference between somebody that stays together and supports the love of their children forever mm -hmm. versus people who turn their backs on their kids. And yeah. I have a story that's really dark and ugly and still has many unanswered questions, but talking to somebody that has the opposite of that to me is more an example of like, you know what? It's really good to know that that's possible. And not only that, I sure hope somebody makes that decision because yeah. they listened to what this guy said and, you know, <laughs> I heard don't know. what I said. I don't know choice. if I'm making a decision on my words, but yeah. The, but the important thing, Todd, is to know that you know. Uh, well, actually, I should. Uh, I'll, I'll say. Well, I'll put this. Up. So, chances are, you're not the reason for all this, and don't blame yourself for it. It's yeah. always. It always has to do with. There's multiple, you know, um, uh, pieces of data in all this, and you're not the only piece that makes yeah. something happen, and so therefore. You don't need to, with your depression there, you, you have to, and this is not an easy thing. So people who live with depression, it's a, it's a very serious uh, situation Definitely. and you have to treat it as such. And, you yep. know, people just saying cheer up, Todd is not going to yeah. cut it, Doesn't work. But, but you also have to keep in the back of your mind that you're not the, it, nothing you're doing is necessarily causing this. It's just happening because of 
you know, it could be chemical uh, situation in your yeah. brain, not that you're taking chemicals, but just chemical. Mm -hmm. It could just be like you mentioned that you've had these issues that have come up and therefore your, um, you know, it weighs on your mind, right? Yeah. And makes you feel sad. You miss your um, family, But it's okay. You, yeah, you miss it's your okay. family, man. That's the thing. It's like it really yeah. helps you identify with other people that yeah. suffer loss because once they're gone, especially when they're still alive, it's a really weird feeling. It's like when they're gone, gone, mm -hmm. you can't reach out and touch them anymore. And it's like no. to think that someone else would have the wherewithal to want to cut that off to me is like it's just a regretful thing more than it is anything. And it's really sad that people would make those choices. I didn't make that choice. You well, know, but what, you have to be open, you know, so mm -hmm. the, going forward, if somebody, you know, contacts you, don't uh, shut it down too quickly. Oh, be no. Open to it, I know? welcome it, actually. I'd really enjoy it. Oh, good. That. Yeah, no question. And I mean, as you can tell, I have no problems asking questions. The sure. problem is that's what got me kicked out of my family was asking questions. Well, uh, sometimes people, you can't push too much because sometimes people don't want to talk about stuff. So Well, sometimes things have to be talked about. You know, well, true. Big big True. enough issues that they warrant conversation but everybody can be on different schedules absolutely absolutely so keep that in mind you know their schedule may not be your schedule where you're like i gotta oh, know yeah. this it's like you know well i don't want to talk about it yeah it's you know? it's a long crazy story but um you know it's uh 17 years now and i actually reached out to all of them and yeah, yeah it just didn't work man like it's Really strange how well, people can change, dude. Just but, wait a little while and try again. It'll yeah, it, it'll eventually happen. Maybe. Everybody, everybody. I've noticed over time, at least what I've seen is that everybody has a point, right? So we're we're all invincible in our twenties and thirties, right? All invincible. Mm -hmm. And then as you get past your forties, then you're like, eh, I'm not so invincible. Yeah. And you, you look for <laughs> you look for these connections. <laughs> And so, it, and some people, it takes longer than that. So, you know, you just have to wait and that point will come and then they'll, you know, it may not be what you want. You got to meet them where they're at. That's the other thing. You can't meet them where I, you I, want. because I have that's learned not, that actually. Yeah. I've been in counseling. <laughs> like, honestly, for about five years, I've been seeing a really, really good therapist. Oh, and good. He has helped me so much. Like when I met, when I went to see him in the beginning, I remember describing to him that, my life is like, I feel like I'm in a dark, deep hole and I can't see light anywhere. It's right. dark everywhere and I can't get out. I have no idea where the exit is. And I went from that to being really comfortable and way oh, yeah. in the light and back to, you know, at least what I consider to be somewhat normal for myself. Right. Yeah, well, that's good, though. I, I mean, you, that's, you that. can't stay down in the hole. I mean, that's the worst part. <laughs> but I will say this, that in answer to your question briefly, it is much better to have... Uh, a whole family like the things that I learned from my father after I left in high school mm -hmm. I lived with him for a while and we got to live together for a few years in different places um, those lessons were invaluable to me and if he had been a part of my life when I was growing up I think I would have been a better person I think I would have been more responsible I would mm -hmm. have been more financially amiable and understanding how to <laughs> find my way to make the money right like nobody ever right. talked to me about that it was just sure. like, you know, I ran up my debt a couple of times. I got a get out of jail free card from my brother. Like he paid off my debt, but we really never got to talk about things that relate to like fiscal responsibility and planning for mm -hmm. the future. They never mentioned the word retirement ever. Nobody did. <laughs> like, so I never thought of it, you know, and it's yeah. like my whole life was like smoking pot and having a good time. And, 
you know, most of it was just having fun. And I never really thought, you know, hey, I got to think about the future. And, you know, it took a while. And then finally in my 40s, I figured it out. And I'm like, oh, I need to start thinking. And so I did <laughs> things and blah, blah. And now I'm doing some other things and it's working even better. And it's all moving forward. So, oh, good. you know, that's for anyone good. that's ever thinking about divorcing and you have children, think twice about trying to work it out first because, man, it really makes a difference on the child, you know. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, I think the, uh, uh, if it's so terrible that you can't stand each other, then it's probably best that you're not together. But you have to be there for your kid. Even if, you know, I know people that uh, their parents were divorced and both parents were there for them, you know, were at the ball games or whatever, and were at the events, right? Um, because that was their kid, um, even though they didn't get along with their uh, other person and so um you have to do that at the very least if you don't like the person that's fine but uh you don't like your spouse or who you don't have to love you don't have to like somebody but loving them kind of yeah. makes it different you know yeah but uh yeah so definitely but i think so but i, I think yeah just my caveat would be don't if you're going to be fighting every day that's even worse so right, don't do right. that yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't do that yeah, <laughs> it's not going to exactly. help anybody yeah. Nobody yeah. at all. So you're absolutely right. And then, uh, so just kind of fast forwarding a little bit, uh, your more formidable years, uh, rather than, I, I don't want to beat you up on like really weird childhood questions too much. <laughs> That's but, okay. I don't care. You know, uh, so when did you start dating and like getting into relationships and stuff like that as you grew up? Uh, so I probably, oh, I was late. I was a late bloomer, as they would say. Um, so not until after I was like 16, 17, uh, in that range. And most people I think had a little bit more, uh, connection with somebody earlier than that. Although as you know, what, how serious it was, is debatable, but, right. um, you know, and, uh, you know, so closer to getting out of high school was when that kind of started happening more. Um, and, and I think part of it was just being an awkward kid, uh, very, sh I was very shy. I know that doesn't jive with what we're doing here tonight, but, introvert. uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm still an introvert. I would say oddly enough, even though we're talking, but, um, I was so shy that I couldn't even order my own food at a restaurant until after I was 12 years old. Wow. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to anybody. So my brother did a lot of that for me when I was young wow. or my mom. Yeah, my dad wouldn't do it. Uh, that was he drew a line. I, I can remember him being mad at me for <laughs> not, you know, not speaking up. But then everybody else would do it. Even at Burger King. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh no, at at McDonald's. Yeah, wherever. At McDonald's it doesn't matter. You're the right. whole idea is Burger King. Yeah, sorry about that. Burger King, you're supposed to have it your way. You should have felt comfortable there. No, no, not at all. I could not uh, talk to uh, anybody that I did not have some type of connection to if i just walked into some place there's no way i was talking to him right on and is it okay yeah. to ask like did you smoke pot in high school uh yeah so uh later in high school into like college yeah probably more so in college um than uh high school but uh yeah smoked pot drank you know right all on. the usual stuff yeah. um but not you know it wasn't um my favorite pastime ever. Um, right you know, I did for social purposes for the most part, I would say. And, you know, I kind of went into it and, 
uh, probably did a little too much at certain points and then kind of got out of it. So, yeah. Were you ever a musician? No, I wasn't, but I was always constantly mistaken for a musician, which is funny. What type? Uh, so I had uh, really long hair, like, you know, down the middle of your back. And I had that for a long, long time. And so everybody, and I had, uh, I don't have, I have very odd uh, hair. So uh, my hair is very curly, uh, but not like uh, an afro, but like curls. Like, like the Simply Red guy? No, no, not quite like that, but like a heavy metal guy. Would okay, have. cool. Long? Yeah, very long, very long. Oh, so you look like one of the rocker guys. I did, and everybody would always ask me when I was, you know, milling about, uh, where's, where's your band at? I'm like, I don't need a band. Uh-huh. And yeah, and I didn't quite get it for a little while, and then it kind of dawned on me, oh, they think I look like I'm in a band. I'm not That's very so bright, funny. you know. On well, some would you have played if you did get into playing instruments, you think? Uh, I probably or would have singing. never played it. I would probably sing if I was going to be a... Okay. In the band, I probably would have sung. I was not, I've not been very good uh, at playing instruments. I've tried here and there, but never really sparked anything. So I never continued. So I've heard that called the white man's disease. Yeah, I could believe that. I'm not sure what it means, but um, I remember uh, my roommate actually plays in different bands, and I used to go to a lot of his shows. Mm-hmm. There was this one band that he played in where the manager was this weird guy. And, kind of an egomaniac and his girlfriend uh was the singer of the band but she yeah. also was like grab a tambourine or something every now right, and then yeah and she could never keep time it was always off <laughs> it was so funny to watch funny. everything but she never knew you know and, uh, but that was the white man's disease i learned about that night yeah, I would. I probably would have. I mean, that would have been my role. Probably would have been to sing or, <laughs> or sing or do the technology. That would be the other. Role. Oh, totally. So, That's yeah. a lot of fun. I've had some yeah. experience doing that. It's really yeah. fun doing that. Run the board and hook everything up and all. Yes, that. exactly, dude. Exactly. Yeah. Man. Make it sound right. You know. Yeah. There's a certain gratification in that that's hard to match, man. Right. Yeah. True. You know. And I play bass, by the way. And, oh, okay. Uh, rock and heavy metal and cover bands when I was younger and kind of got out of it and then got into electronic music. I have a music project now and I'm happy to share it with you outside oh, sure. of the link or whatever. It's called Electric Sex Music. And uh, Electric I, Sex Music. All right. Yeah. My music, my band is called Electric Sex and I started it way back in like 2018. No, no. 20, 2008. It was a long 2008. Time. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then mostly dance music and stuff but a lot of uh, remixes and some covers and things. And now, I don't. I, I, there was some, there's a so I watch a lot of weird TV, but there was a show called French and Saunders, uh, okay. which is a British British comedy show. If you look it up, and I think they had a they had a there this they had to do a little show like a variety type show, and they had a house band. It was called Something Sex. Oh really? You might look it up. I don't think it was called Electric Sex. I think it was called something else. Sex, but anyway, oh, I really get a kick out of that. You have to look it, it up. I, French and Saunders TV show, like back in the '90s or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm safe on the trademark and stuff, but it's like, yeah, every now and then there is a band out there called Electric Six. S I X. Oh, there you go. So that's a little that, weird. That Nikki Six, he gets in everything. I don't know who it was, but like, yeah. I just was like, fuck, that's close, but not quite. You know, not close. Uh, it's mine still. 
<laughs> so tell me, like, what was the most memorable part of your high school experience that relates to like who you are and stuff? We want to get into what you do now. Soon. Oh no, yeah. You know, let's, I don't, let's, let's well, talk most about memorable how you part became... of my high school. Jeez, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, like, because that's the time, man. Like the time in high school is like just before you go out into the world, and that's a big, that's a really big deal, man. Like, what happens so the... in high school dictates a lot. So the only thing I can claim, the only thing I can remember, when people ask me about high school, what I always tell them is I, um, uh, I was, I, w- I was, got into school very young. So I was a, I, I was 17 when I graduated from high school. Awesome. So, uh, but only because I got, I went into school young. Uh, I, maybe my mom didn't want me to in the house. I don't know. But uh, uh, I was in school when I was four. Um, so that way I got out when I was, uh, 17. Cool. Um, so I was a junior, I was still a 15 years old when I turned to be a junior, then turned 16 then turned 17, uh, whenever I, uh, was a senior. So that's kind of my biggest thing. Now, the thing, also the thing was that they changed some of the rules. So anyway, on my senior year, I only had to go to half, I could, I could either go a half a year or a half a day to uh-huh. school because I had enough hours to fulfill the requirements because they changed the requirements and um so other people who were coming into high school at that point had to go for the full time but at that point i had more than enough uh, credits and i chose the whole year half a day so i only went to school half a day my senior year and i would go home at lunch every day deal And, and the thing was i was supposed to go to college which i did i went to a community college Mm-hmm. Uh, but not all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I was not very good at that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that transition from going to high school in the morning and going to take a college class in the afternoon. So mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, spent, the, spent my afternoons doing much of nothing. Uh, it yeah. turned out toward the end of the year. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't, uh, so I didn't really, you know, I wasn't, um, uh, school wasn't, that important to me because obviously, you know, I could have got out in half a year if I wanted to go all day, but I'm like, nah, just go half a day. I know. And uh, so it became even more unimportant because I did that. I think I should have probably just went a uh, full day, half a year, but um, uh, like, did I don't you know. know what you wanted to do when you got out of there? No, that? not at all. Uh, okay. It took me a long time to make up my mind on what I was going to do. How did you figure it out? And then how, I, well, I don't think I have yet, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I did, uh, I did uh, um, at least get a, a more of a direction, uh, uh, but not until, gosh, I was almost 28. So, yeah, it, was, but it, took, cool. a, it took a while. It took a long time there in the, uh, in the 20s to try to, to decide, okay, I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. then, you know, but... Um, so yeah, so high school, that's kind of my thing. And, uh, I didn't, you know, I went the first two years, the third year, I kind of was like, eh, I don't really like this so much. And then I had this opportunity and I kind of took it. And so that last year, I mean, you know, there'd be, if it was only half a day, I, sometimes I just wouldn't go at all because it's only half a day. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I didn't do, I would say I was not a stellar student, uh, my senior year, Um, But it also wasn't very connected to what was going on. Like some people's senior year is a big deal and they do all kinds of stuff. None of that. I was off on my own doing, you know, whatever the hell I wanted, basically. Right Um, on. 
at that yeah. time. So yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. So a sense of independence. And um, how does this transition into who you are now and what you do? Um, that's a good question. Well, I still am uh, fairly independent as far as that goes. And so I typically, you know, uh, kind of doing these kind of things like we're doing tonight. That's mm -hmm. uh, something that I want to do. And so I figure oh, I'll do this and see how it goes. And I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time, uh, like over 20 years. And um, and so, you know, it's a little different um, uh, for in my mind, at least, you know, everybody, a lot of people are doing these this kind of uh, uh, things now uh with the internet and so forth but uh you know it, i've kind of been doing it for a while and I so don't. this is all kind of like oh this is cool i'm glad everybody's exactly. doing it i'm not right it's just i'm like okay now you're now you're getting into this it's one of those kind mm -hmm. of things really now everybody thinks this is good to do okay yeah exactly i think it yeah. became an issue like of uh isolation with covid and stuff people have kind of shifted their thoughts <laughs> a little bit and i think that's one of the things they're like you know what like i'm going to embrace this yeah, well, it could be, you're right. message, you know? Yeah, so yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing, do uh, since 1999, I've been doing this kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's weird to to think that far back. Um, it's good, but it's also uh, weird, because I'll tell you a quick story here. So uh, I've, I've been kind of creating shows and putting them out on the internet for all these years. And then uh, my wife, we share a... Uh, 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 you know, an Apple account. Um, and I see this thing pop up for a charge, you know, for Apple. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, what's, who's, who's buying this? Right. Cause I've got kids. And so I'm always kind of monitoring these, these kind of things. And, uh, she's like, Oh, that's for me. I bought, uh, I bought into a premium podcast. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, Oh yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to buy into the, I'm like, you know, I've been making these things for, you know, at that point, it was probably about <laughs> 20 or 19 years. Or something. I, yeah, I know. But I don't really, I don't really like yours. Oh, I no. I pay, pay for this one. <laughs> well, at least she's honest. <laughs> she was, oh, yeah, she's terribly honest. With oh, me. I love it. And I'm fine with that, but I was just like, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> okay, I got you. Wow, that's... So, yeah. Bittersweet, little, brother. That's bittersweet, there, yeah. man. You got to admit, that's bittersweet. What podcast uh, right. was it that she liked so much? Just out of curiosity. Um, it was one of the. I, I can't remember the name. It was one of those murder ones. It was a uh, thing where stories. they were gonna they had they had the free version and then you could get the right the, on. the premium version. And she, it was you know one of the one of the popular ones. I can't remember what I it was see. at the time, but yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Right on. Yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, great. Mm. Yeah. That's that's cool. So, okay. but anyway, Whatever. yeah, it is. It's interesting, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate her honesty. I would, if she said it any other way, I would be more suspicious. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you find your niche? Like, uh, it sounds like you've done a lot of different things. How did you get to a place where you found a focus in your work? Um, I think uh, I think I've always. Um, uh, enjoy technical things. So I have a, a kind of a technical job. Uh, and so I just kind of settled into that and, you know, it's something that I've enjoyed and I've essentially had the same job for almost 30 years now. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's been a good fit apparently. 
and uh, I do well enough at it to keep going. So it's not, um, uh, but you know, it, it's one of those things where there's two sides to that. So I, I'm very uh, good working by myself um, and doing a lot of those, you know, a lot of things that basically where you just sit and kind of grind through them uh, on your own. Um, but uh, so my hobby is is the, kind of the opposite. So in my hobby, I'm always I interact. Well, I mostly interact with my co-host Miles, but interact with other people and do kind of uh, uh, you know a little bit more social things in my hobby than I do in my uh, work life. So, I but I, I'm fine with that. I'm very fine with that. I, I like it that way. I'm very much a uh, self-motivated uh, person. Um, and so I'm good with just give me a task and I'll get through it uh, without mm -hmm. much, uh, you know, you don't need to sit there and tell me every little thing to do. So, yeah, totally. That's good. That's good. It helps a lot. And it's fun to do your own thing, too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that Very could be, cool. I don't know, maybe that's that independent thing you got me. Absolutely. And so you're, you're the, giving me some insights here in my own self here. All right. On, exactly. Good. Yeah. Who knew it would be a counseling? So I'll send you the bill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, how do you think that your work is impacting society? Like what, what do you do that, uh, you know, makes things different in the world? Like how are you communicating your message and what type of, uh, you know, conversation do you have? How does your process work? So, oh, as far as, so I work for a nonprofit. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh, it's, and I'm not, uh, like a forward person, I guess you would say. I'm the backward. I'm the I'm the backward person. I'm the background person. I didn't right say on. Backward person. But uh, it is funny you say that. Yeah, I'm a backward person, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm the background person. So that other stuff happens that don't doesn't really include me. I just am the one in the background, kind of doing things to make other things happen. So there's many more um, out front people. Uh, so oddly enough, it's just like the band analogy. I probably would have been really good working. Uh, the board and, and on setting everything up and then letting it happen and then dealing with it as it went. Cause that's kind of what I do. I just sit in the background, things happen. Uh, other people are out there helping people um, and uh, doing things that are great uh, to, to help folks who are in trouble. I'm just in the background, making sure that everything happens in accordance to uh, what needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, Cause there are rules for everything. And uh and then the ship keeps floating. So mm -hmm. um, I don't mind that part. I, I, the, the silly thing is, it, like I said, this is kind of my um, uh, hobby is doing all this stuff, which is not what I would do uh, as an everyday uh, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, if it, if it became my everyday, I don't know. That'd be a good question. Mm -hmm. I've always uh, said, so Miles and I have done the show for uh, 20, I guess going on 24 years. Mm -hmm. um, and we always say if it's gonna if it, if it's not fun anymore we're gonna stop doing it. Uh, yeah, um, exactly. And so far it's still been fun, uh, and so uh, that's that's kind of just the mantra. Uh, work, on the other hand, you know sometimes it's not fun, uh, mm -hmm. but, but you got to keep working because that's you know part of the whole socioeconomic process that we're all involved in. So. Yeah. And you kind of throw, you threw me here a little bit. So like, um, do you want to promote your podcast or do you want to promote the business that you serve as your primary occupation? Oh no, I don't want to promote anything, which is weird. So oh, I wow, love this. So, I want to promote you, Bob. <laughs> so what I like, so, okay. Just to get a little bit into this. Uh, so 
Um, I noticed, for, I told you the story about my wife getting a podcast, the paying for a premium podcast and everything. And yeah. I noticed there's a lot more opportunities to talk mm-hmm. to different people. And so over the last, uh, you know, I guess year or so, maybe two years, um, or more, maybe a little bit more than that, but somewhere over the last couple of years, I'm like, I, I think it'd be fun to talk to some of these other people. And so that's kind of been my thing is I'm kind of going out and, and trying to talk to people like yourself and you've got something going on. It's interesting. You know, I can, I can bring uh, a little bit uh, of my experience to whatever you're doing and vice versa. And exactly. And so it's, it's almost a little bit of a a branching out uh, on that side of things. And so, but yeah, as far as promoting though, I've never, um, uh, I've always found the kind of uh, internet rat race, if you want to call it that, um, uh, tedious. And so I've always just kind of did what I wanted. And if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. And if it doesn't, that's fine with me. So mm-hmm. I'm not um, overly ambitious with the, um, you know, plugs and all that kind of thing. If people cool. want to come listen to me, great. And, yeah, yeah. and I'll tell oh, them yeah. where, but if they yeah. don't, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the yeah. way it should be. And honestly, it's all about how you connect in different ways and people get yeah. messages and everybody's so different. It's nice. You know, there's different people that might get different points of view and value out of it, you know, and you just never know, man. You just got to throw it out there. Right. And you meet new people it. like you. I mean, like exactly. Couldn't agree more, I, dude. You're like out in Arizona. I'm like, oh, Arizona. How's that? I mean, you said it's a little town, but um, I mean, you must like it on some level if you're well i like that i can carry a gun here oh there you go you know i like that it's safe as a person going out in society if there's a criminal activity that approaches anywhere near where Uh i'm at you know it's like at least i have a way to protect myself i came from california a real long time ago and Mm -hmm. there it's like you're allowed to carry your gun but you can't have any bullets even on in your pocket you know it's (laughs) it's totally it's retarded unless you have a CCW. <laughs> it's like totally stupid. And uh-huh. even in the car, it's like you got to have the guns and the bullets separate. And right. it's like, well, what's the point, man? And it's like here in Arizona, I got stopped on Thanksgiving. You'll enjoy this quick little tidbit mm-hmm. from my recent past. So on Thanksgiving, I didn't have anybody to go visit and I really wanted to eat. So I decided I would go to the buffet place. And there's a buffet here called Golden Corral. Oh, and, the Golden uh, Corral. Did you get the I chocolate the mountain? Dude, so, yeah, exactly. Some people, you know, it's funny, and you go there and all the senior citizens show up. It's really charming, right. but the food is good. You know, it's like I like going there every now and then. And uh, so I was on my way to go to Golden Corral. I was cruising on the freeway, and speed limit was 65. I thought my speedometer was off by 7 miles an hour. Um, I did a test recently and realized, like, why are people passing me when I'm doing the speed limit so much? And I was like, mm-hmm. there's no way. This isn't California. And so after a while, I pulled out the GPS and measured the difference. It was seven miles an hour off. So I was doing 85 <laughs> and yeah. on the speedometer, which I thought was, like, you know, a uh, little under 80. So a little over 65. Mm-hmm. You know, it's close enough, but, like, or I'm sorry, a little under 75, but like it wouldn't have been too bad. So I passed this cop and he was in the middle of the road and I was like, I was armed at the time and I had my gun under my under my shirt and my holster. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I just saw the lights turn on and I was like, ah, shit, you know, it's, it's me. And I, before he ever got anywhere near me, I just pulled over because I knew and he came up behind me and he like came up to the window. I rolled all the windows. If you ever have a gun, this is what you do. Uh, by the way, like if anybody's listening and want to know how to not get shot by a cop, if you're carrying a gun, this is how you do it. <clears throat> so first thing was roll down all the windows, every window in the car, open the sunroof. I did it all, pulled mm-hmm. the keys out of the ignition, put them on the, the hood, the dash, I should say, put my hands on the steering wheel, didn't move, didn't say anything other than officer. I just want to let you know that I'm armed today. I've got my weapon with me. And mm-hmm. for your safety and comfort, I just want you to be aware of it, you know, and I'm compliant, right, yeah. whatever you need, like, I'm going to do it. And so this cop, like, no problem at all. He didn't say a word about it. And then I'm searching for all my paperwork and I couldn't find it. I didn't have my registration or my proof of insurance. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, holy crap, dude, this guy's going to give me a ticket for this shit and I'm screwed. And it's like, I was all legit. Everything was paid for, but I didn't have proof of it. And I'm like, dude, I thought I had it in here. I had the old one, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Jesus, you know. So he goes away, he comes back, he goes to the car, he comes back, and, you know, then he finally asks, he goes, so where's your gun? And I said, it's on my hip and everything. He goes, no problem, just don't don't touch it while we're talking, okay? Right, no problem, yeah. no problem at all. So we start talking and this and that, and I explain, you know, I thought I had the right thing, and I'm really sorry I didn't, but it's all up to date. I understand I was speeding. Oh, those are the other two words, or the other words that came out of my mouth right away, and cops love this. Because it's honesty, you know, and they can appreciate a straight shooter and all that. I told them, I said, look, I know I was speeding. I understand. It's no problem. I understand what I did was wrong. And that was it. So he comes back finally and the second time and he's like, man, he goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give you a citation today, but I'm going to do it for something. And I forget how they word it, but it's the equivalent of saying for wasting our time. So I got okay. a $75 ticket for wasting the cop's time, and that's mm-hmm. how it went down. So I paid the fee, and that was the it end. didn't do it. a moving violation. And so Nothing at all. Then yeah. Ding, yeah. And, yeah. and in Arizona, 80, 20 miles over the speed limit is something called criminal speed. That's right. a felony. Yeah. And uh, that means they take your car, you go to jail in handcuffs. 20 yeah. miles an hour over the speed limit. Don't ever do it here. that's all I can say but it was one of those moments where you're like man I feel really grateful I must have some good karma and then so I I went up to the next exit turned around and went home I said I ain't stretching my luck today (laughs) yeah really you got off easy you go home and that's how I felt about it uh, it. I got a pizza at the dollar store (laughs) yeah stay home for a while exactly yeah so that's difference you know and a lot of people that live in even CCW states that are comfortable with that, like the cops can create a really big ruckus over something like that. And it's so nice to be in a place where they're really comfortable and they trust their intuition and they know good from bad. So like I'm Mm -hmm. a good guy and they can somehow tell. And so they don't feel threatened and it works out, you know, it's like a really cool thing. It's a very reasonable place to live. I have to say. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Which is different. Yeah. It's a different thing to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, It gets, it gets kind of weird in certain parts of the country. Dude, um, yeah, I don't yeah. even like thinking about it. I have to move this year, and I'm not sure where I'm going to go uh, yet, but I'm considering all options, but it's hard to want to leave this place. So I'm thinking yeah. about going closer to the people because it's so hard to be isolated, you know? Right, sure. You know, it gets boring after a while, and there's only so many drug addiction, alcoholic, crystal meth smoking 
freak show problems that you can deal with like in a group of people so it's like there's a lot of that kind of shit around here and it's really hard to right. find somebody that's just straight up a good person that won't cheat you or lie or anything and doesn't have a drug problem so right one well, of those prevalent. yeah it's one of those things that uh that's the part that i see that's really disturbing and especially for a small town and all of that there's a lot of drug use because of isolation boredom and lack of opportunity and vision there's nobody mm -hmm. teaching them hey you know what you can sit in your house and get a job and even though you're far away from everything like i work at turbotax right now i love it oh okay i love turbotax and it's a great company and i'm moving up with the company i plan to be there a really long time but like i do it from the same place i'm sitting right now right. And I, happen to sleep on the couch behind me sometimes you know it, <laughs> it's like really nice not to have to go anywhere you know what i'm saying so right you know but people don't all realize that so they get stuck in this weird logic that like they can't move forward and so right. it's really a shame i see a lot of that and hope to encourage people to try breaking out of their comfort zones and well you I mean, know. well, you said you smoke pot and everything. It is so fun. You know, I don't want to condone, you know, or encourage this. It's so fun to use, you know, to smoke pot, to drink uh, beer, to, you know, whatever your vice is. Uh, it's fun. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you have to combine that with a little responsibility. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and do the other things as well. And you can't let the fun rule your life, you know, um, uh, I think, I think, unfortunately, the tactics that most um, uh, people use for that is that they're like, oh, you can't do that because, you know, it's, it's bad, you know, you can't do it, it's illegal, you can't do it, it's this, it's that. They don't take into account that it is so much fun uh, yeah. to do, yeah. and the rest of the reason why people do it, <laughs> and you have to say, it's okay to have fun, Yes. To a point. And then every exactly. once in a while, you kind of got to, you know, not do so much fun because you have to get on with your, your life or, or pay for things or, yes. you know, be a part of society in some way, shape or form. Um, that's not just, you know, being out of it. So yeah. it's it's it, but it's tough because, you know, it, I think because there's so, so much negativity um, that's given to that that it makes it even more enticing um, to people, you know. Yeah, man. Well, are you, talking about, are you talking about weed or like meth and other drugs? It, anything. It doesn't matter. Whatever floats your boat. Even, it, even, it, the, even <clears throat> though the weed's legal now for people? Yeah, well, that's fine. You can go do it. It's, you just Moderation. have to remember, you know, I got to get up in the morning or whatever yeah. and, yes. and do the other. I mean, it, any of that is is... Obviously, the harder drugs are more addictive and they're more destroying of your life. I would venture to say, and there are probably uh, studies that say that alcohol is actually worse for you than marijuana. So, uh, I mean, on your body, right? So if you think about it in terms of just how it's going to affect your person negatively, um, alcohol uh, uh, consumed on a regular basis is way more harmful um, to you. And yet that's what everybody has access to across the country yeah. now. Obviously that's changing now with the uh, legalization of uh, uh, marijuana and so forth. But again, you just have to realize, you know, uh, at some point you, you know, got to do, 
you got to be responsible. If you got a totally. kid, you got to be responsible. You got a job, you got to be responsible. Yeah, and that's you the know, key, really, is to prioritize your life in different ways that make it so those things always come second or third and never first. Right. You know? right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I mean, frankly, you know, for me, like I was turned on to marijuana when I was 11 years old, and mm -hmm. um, it was sort of because the high school kids wanted my Ritalin pills, and I had no idea why, but <laughs> they wanted my little white pills. So I was right. like, okay, I don't, want, I I don't want to take them anymore. So I started giving them my pills, and they gave me some weed one time, and I was like, I've never tried it. And I'll never forget, I was a spastic, hyperactive little kid. I, I had a really hard time controlling my energy and you know, it was uh, difficult, you know, I was a difficult mm -hmm. child. And um, I remember the first time I smoked, it was like the first time in my life I ever really relaxed and felt like I put everything in perspective. It was like all of a sudden, I remember that day very well, I was picking up trash. That's what happens when you get in trouble as much as I do. <laughs> you have to walk around. It was in Costa Mesa. I had to walk around the outside of the school and pick up all the trash for like an hour or two. And that mm -hmm. was like a really bad punishment. And so people, you know, kids that got in trouble at my school, it was a private school. That was one of the punishments. You have to go pick up trash. But so I used to be really pissed off about it and everything. But this one day, it was like all of a sudden it was really meaningful picking up that trash. <laughs> and I did not really understand why, but it was like I all of a sudden understood why I got in trouble, what mm -hmm. happened, why I was doing it. And oh, by the way, it's like I feel good about cleaning up this area because It'll look nicer and everything. It's like a complete change of thought. It mm -hmm. was dramatic. And so that's when I started smoking. And it was a real blessing to me in a lot of ways, man. And even through adult life, you know, it's been uh, one of those things, you know, it's like uh, argue if you want to. But like I even went to the doctor and you know, I don't mean you. I just mean anybody that's against <laughs> it. It's like, you know, I went to the doctor and said, hey, if there's a problem, I want to know about it. You know, medically, please I even asked him, I said, give me a reason to quit, and I will. Mm -hmm. I was like in my late 20s, I think, maybe early 30s, and he checked, and we did x-rays and all kinds of tests, and he said, you know what? Your lungs look great. Nothing is wrong. Like, everything looks just fine, and, I'm, and he was against it. He didn't even like it, so right. it's like, I got nothing to tell you, and I'm like, great, and I'm going home to smoke some more <laughs> weed, and, uh, you know, to be honest, I use it as a tool, like acid, for example, just to breathe. Mm -hmm little interlude here is uh, <laughs> quite a tool. Um, I don't know if you've ever done acid before. Have you ever done it? No, I have not. Uh -uh. Oh, my Lord. So real quick, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, I'll just share with you for fun since we're just kind of playing around. Um, but either way, like uh, the first time I took acid, and I only did it a handful of times, but um, it was in high school, and I was at a friend's apartment, and it was, uh, it was Halloween on... Uh, the year 1998, I want to say it was, and I wasn't quite 21. Uh, we were all sitting around smoking and everything, and the kids were coming for Halloween. And so we're fried on acid and watching the kids come to the door and giving them candy and getting a big charge out of that. It was really entertaining watching all the little kids, you know, their costumes and stuff. It was very trippy. But uh, after all I'm that, sure. it, yeah, it was crazy. And then later that night, we were listening to some music, and I'll never forget listening to this band called the church and uh there was a oh yeah yeah i love the church brother wow and um, the milky way to exactly night. that album and then starfish i believe it was right yeah and there was one particular song and i have all the albums on mp3 and stuff i love everything that i mean they did stuff blurred crusade and like going way back you know but uh this particular album had 
some really amazing music and it's the first time I'd ever really heard that particular album. And I'll never forget, there was a part of the song where it was like a big release and I can't think of the name of the song but I can hear it in my head. And it was like the part of the song where the release happened. I was laying in the beanbag chair and like something in the middle of my chest, it felt like this big weird mass I felt leave my body and mm -hmm. it disappeared. And it was like something that I distinctly remember feeling left my body. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And <laughs> I was tripping out thinking about it and everything. And then we walked outside and we're looking over at the neighbor's houses. And I started seeing all these colors coming out of uh, different people's windows and things. And then I could see inside their houses and I could see furniture and people and people sleeping and other people walking around. And man, it was weird. And they call it remote viewing. I don't know exactly right. what happened that night, but it was a pretty memorable experience. And then the best part of the whole thing was, without even thinking about it, the very next day I quit smoking cigarettes. Within a week, we went to this weird event where we, you know, were around a bunch of Hare Krishnas and reggae people. And, you know, it's like they showed how meat was made, right? And like, mm -hmm. so I saw that and I was like blown away and I stopped eating meat. It became a vegetarian, which lasted like 15 years. And then uh, I started becoming more reasonable in my thinking, like everything just changed. I was a horny high school kid, you know, and it's like everything in my life overnight with that one experience just became a little different. And something after that was never the same. And so every time I did it, I always spent time thinking like, you know, what are the problems I have in my life that need solving? And what are the things that need to change? And I would just think about it all day. And then that night, like when I would fry with somebody, we call it dropping or frying. And mm -hmm. that night, without even thinking about it, somewhere in the experience of the trip, those things would come out, become identified and provide solutions. And I could remember them the next day. So it's like, it was almost like an answer key to some of the problems that I would ask in my unconscious. And it was a really powerful experience because every single time I did it, that's exactly what happened. And it was, a, I could see why Timothy Leary was so excited about the shit. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say, I actually uh, went and saw Timothy Leary speak. In oh, really? Yeah, yeah. When he was older. Um, oh. And it was like because uh, the way you're describing it is what he talked about in his yeah. um in his very lecture. Trippy. Yeah, oh no, exactly. Yeah, it was very astral. He was um it, there there couldn't have been more than 50 people oddly enough at this uh presentation that he gave uh that I attended. And uh yeah, and th that's what he talked about. He talked about using it in a way that um would uh, broaden uh his thought. Yes. And and he and but he it was intentional, right? So he he kind of went into it that way yeah. with the with the hopes of having that happen and then it did happen. Uh yes. and he kept continued doing that. But yeah, it was really quite a fascinating because uh, this was like probably gosh, he was really old. I'm trying to think yeah. how old he was. But he, it was, you know, I, I don't think he died like within years of that, but he died probably within a decade of of, of seeing him. That's he certainly awesome. he certainly was probably in his late sixties at, at least point. you got to see him. That's really cool, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't pass it up. He was there, and it was free because I was a student. So, yeah. yeah. Are you familiar with the Acid House where he did all the experiments? Yeah, no. So he talked about that, and and I had read stuff uh, as well. And um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was really 
quite fascinating to to have them totally. there. Really such different. a small group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would never yeah. do it again these days. I just I'm too scared and don't trust anyone. But it really <laughs> did serve. A, you know, it really did serve a purpose beyond well, what you would normally think. You know, it was really a very impactful thing. And I think you have to be aware and self cognizant and able to really manage reality and it's hard mm-hmm. to do that for some people so they have weird trips right. and talk about like demons and dragons and shit chasing them around and it's like right. no way man like i got jesus sitting over there man and like you know <laughs> the light's shining and like look at that pretty water and there ain't nothing wrong here you know it's like i got no issues i don't see yeah. lizards or bugs when i do that you know so, it's like I see um, beautiful things one of my only experiences the close closest was that i was dating a girl and she did her and her friend did and then i had to work and then i picked them up or we met somewhere i can't remember anyway it was the most annoying thing because they were both uh, out of their minds and i was having to wrangle them mm-hmm. because <laughs> it, it's that's why i try and give you the you know everybody's yeah. different so i'm on the outside right i and this was like i used to work uh, in the at night so it's like two in the morning mm-hmm. we're out at like um a denny's or something and they meet me there and they're, you know, having a good time and everything. And, but then they're having too good a time because they're not in control. Yeah. And then I'm dealing with them in a Denny's and it was probably one of the more annoying experiences I had. Oh, I'm like, I never I'm like come on, come it, it, on. It was the worst idea ever I knew. I, I tried it once. <laughs> I walked into my job one night uh on that and it was terrible i saw way too much because you pick up on people's energy and you really you see things you shouldn't sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's like that's something i don't want to experience i'm just gonna go home (laughs) yeah it was yeah unfortunately it was super annoying for me because i'm trying to wrangle wrangle these two girls and and uh everybody's like you know giving us the eyeball here that's so funny all the drunks are looking at us so oh you would have liked my experiences much better (laughs) like worst things that we did honestly is we used to go ride around on our bicycles at night in the forest Mm -hmm. up in northern california in the redwood forest Mm -hmm. and we could do it without lights because when you're on acid your eyes open up really wide and like your pupils dilate or whatever and you can see things in the dark a little bit so we'd we'd ride around on these trails at night like just having a great old time man that's what we did and listening to music and go for walks in the forest and stuff at night it was really cool you know very mellow very mellow that's the that's the other side of et that the you know that's the other movie they didn't make instead of et right exactly that would be cool yeah i'd like to see a movie (laughs) where they made all with et like uh oh he found the drugs (laughs) (laughs) they're all riding their bikes yeah exactly (laughs) talk about getting high um seriously though and uh we're getting kind of close to the end of our time i want to you know you're, you're actually one of the very few people that doesn't have something to promote and you know, while I find that really commendable and respectable, I still want people to be able to listen to your show. So we're definitely <laughs> going to plug it. All right. Whatever. But I really appreciate that you're interested in having a dialogue without an agenda in any way. And I just want you to know that that's uh, kind of special in itself. So it says a lot about you as a person. And I want to compliment you. I appreciate that, actually. 
Oh, and, uh, you know, I just want to give you that. Compliment. That wasn't my intention. So <laughs> no, no, did I actually didn't know, you know, I, I don't really, some people I do know a little bit about, I knew enough about you to think that we'd be talking about your radio show for the last half an hour, but yeah, that's, we can talk. I mean, if, if you ever want, I mean, I'll talk about it, but it, if you want to experience that, just go to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I wanted to get to. But before we do that, there's one last thing. So let's just, uh, Take this last bit of uh, time and then we'll plug the show. What would you say to people listening that you think would be your best advice in life that just comes to mind off the top of your head? Oh, boy. So uh, what do you that, think would be meaningful to people to hear and understand like from your heart and your oh, experience? I, I, I'd with... say probably my best advice in life is just believe in yourself. Um, hmm? You don't everybody I'm, I'm stumbling over all my words now you're good don't what was it don't no wait do no anyway so everybody okay. should believe in themselves uh, yes. yes because you don't have to be the best at anything mm -hmm. you just have to do something you like mm -hmm. and if you like it it doesn't matter where you fall on anybody's scale it matters that you are enjoying it that's yes. the purpose is to yes. enjoy, not to be something else. If you want to be the best at something, great. Try for that. Uh, if that's your goal, right? But your goal, everybody thinks their goal has to be that. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. Your goal has to be, what can I do today that makes me feel good to be doing, that doesn't hurt other people? I always put that caveat in there. Yeah. And and that, you know, that I can try. Mm -hmm. And just do it. So, that's I think the best thing. Always believe in yourself because um, yeah. you know you're nobody else. Nobody else in this world is there to to you know push you or whatever. It, that's all up to happenstance and chance and whatever else happens. You're the only person there for yourself. Be there for yourself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, so many people I think lose sight of that in all the rest of this crap. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's tough to do that because I mean, for me, it was depression, and other people, it might be past traumas in other ways or memories right. that you know it, it get in the way. And uh, whether people know it or not, you know, you can change. Uh, it just takes help. Sometimes we need to reach out for yeah, help. I, I knew I needed help. I wasn't afraid to go get it. It took a long time to know that I needed help. To be honest with you. But um, that's the thing with people listening. You know, if you're struggling at some point, you got to ask yourself, man, the shit that I'm doing, is it really working? Or am mm -hmm. I just spinning my wheels? Uh, am I repeating the same cycles and patterns? Or am I moving forward to new, greener pastures? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. that, that can all change, right? Like with some assistance. Yeah. Some way yeah, you can always, um, you, you know, you don't have to stay at some place you don't like. You can always do something else and just... Mm -hmm. Believe in yourself and move on to the next thing. Excellent, man. That's a great way to wrap this up, dude. I love it. Believe in yourself. And that's so true. And that carries a lot of weight. Once you do it, it really is. It's a powerful tool. So tell us a little bit about uh, your podcast briefly so that we can understand what we're getting into. And let's make sure people know how to find you. Sure. Okay. So you're forcing me. You're twisting my arm here, Todd. Okay. <laughs> Put on no, your show I, host cap for a minute, Bob. So yeah, so if you if you really uh, if you're curious, you can always go to staticradio.com uh, uh, or look for Static Radio on any of the social uh, medias or whatever, and that'll generally drive you to to listen to the show. Um, it, it, Miles uh, Title and I do a show 
that we've been doing um, for since 1999, and it's a weekly show, and um, we have fun. There's a lot of humor to it. I, I was kind of heavy here, Todd. This is kind of heavy <laughs> for me, but it's my it's part of my thing, bro. Everybody, uh, but, when you listen yeah, to normally, my other shows, you'll understand <laughs> if you listen to any of my other shows. But normally, I'm very light, uh, very light, and uh, you know, try to find the humor in, in every day. So, Definitely. and then we had a little bit of humor here tonight. But yeah, sure, sure, sure. Questions. It's and I apologize in a way, but I also want you to know that like your story has value, man, and like your life and your experience and the things that you've gone through, we all have something to share. And I simply want to bring that about in a healthy way that will allow other people to feel a sense of understanding, a sense of connection, a sense of identity, you know, they can identify with you, um, things like that. Or it's like, man, you know what? I didn't, I never thought about that before. You know, that's a good idea. Maybe I should think about that, you know, whatever it is, but your story is just as interesting and valuable as anybody else's. But part of the meat of it really is in those weird questions that, happen to be kind of personal, you know, and that's kind of my thing is I like to bring that out. And so I think that, you know, it's like there's power and value and communication, but when you're able to share your experience, it allows other people to learn from that. That's really the ultimate goal. And, um, you know, my only rule is no politics, but I really love the personal stuff. I've always been like that, you know. Hey, it's been, it's been great talking to you. Absolutely. You too, Bob. And I really want to thank you, man. And I appreciate you sharing. I know it's a little different. Um, if you ever decide you might like to have me as a guest on your show, I probably I promise no serious questions. <laughs> That's okay. We roll with everything. So absolutely, absolutely. And I just want to thank you again. And I hope we get to talk again in the future, Bob. Sure. Take care. Right on. Have a great night. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out toddcastshow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira, be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. 
Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.